Hey everyone, I'm Greg Lopes and I roleplay the half-orc ranger named Guy Ukrabash. Thanks for listening to the Roleplay Replay podcast. And now, we hope you enjoy the recap of last week's episode. Previously on Roleplay Replay. Don't go chasing waterfalls. When last we left our heroes, having successfully rescued a large group of prisoners, including the harper, Leosin, the pack of heroes journey toward the comfort and safety of Greenest. Their escape is impeded by a raging thunderstorm, and they're confronted with their most challenging enemy yet. A river. Not a magical river that's overrun with the beasts of hell. Nope. Just a bunch of flowing water. So the group hands out some logs, they tie some rope together, they chat with a heavily accented merchant named Roz, Falmar talks to, uh, Falmar? And three hours later, they finally cross the river. Now you might want to ask me, Greg, did it really take three hours to roleplay a river crossing? Yes, you're damn straight it did. So as our heroes continue their journey, they find a bunch of loot that they left behind and suddenly realize that they're missing a prisoner named Ernest. They finally make their way back to Greenest and learn of a dangerous new enemy named Severin. And a few people get really, really sleepy. It didn't actually take all that long to do all of that other stuff. But most importantly, no more rivers. Can Ernest survive long enough for our heroes to return and rescue him? Who will be sleeping in the double bed at the inn? Will Reek and Britta be homecoming king and queen? Who is the dangerous new threat named Severin? But most importantly, will our heroes stick to the rivers and the lakes that they're used to? Find out on episode 10 of Tyranny of Dragons. Yes! Seriously, that was the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I love that I get a sneak peek. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Jen's paralyzed in laughter right now. She can't. <laughs> All right. So, find yourselves back in Greenest. Not all of you are even awake yet. Okay. Where we left off, Thalmar and Leosin were having a conversation. What time is it? At this point, right now, it's about four o'clock in the afternoon. Guy and Mir are about halfway through their sleep for their long rest. Uh, actually, you know what? I take that back. I miscalculated because Falmar, Falmar's been working at the forge for a little bit. Guy and Mir will wake up within about an hour or so. It's about six thirty right now. Six thirty in the evening. 
uh, hanging out in the keep. The smells of cook fires are starting to drift in from the village. Um, and the conversation that was taking place between Falmar and Leison, you know, Falmar, it, was, it seemed like, at least, the impression that, that you gave was that the conversation was fairly edifying for you. Um, to hear Leison uh, support you and <laughs> tell you maybe not to take those monks too seriously. Um, but you pointed him at the little porcelain box in your bag. And as he took out the slip that you'd so adeptly analyzed and numbered number one, he seemed to have a really strong reaction to a particular word. They. T-H-A-Y. And he just dropped the slip and you saw him sort of freeze in a... So Leosin is... He's handy in a fight. He's obviously very... Um, very good at what he does. He has a particular set of skills, as they say. But you, you've you seen this, too. This is, this is when the computer turns on. Leosin has a brain that will sometimes run away with him when he starts to see the pieces come together. And you recognize this look that's on his face right now. And he looks looks at you for a second and he kind of mutters under his breath. You don't quite hear what he says. He bends over and picks up that piece of paper and he reaches over and grabs the, um, the porcelain box out of your bag. He looks at you, he says, Mate, is my journal in this bag too? No. <clears throat> I set my stuff down. The hammer in my right hand, the metal in my left. Just lay it on the forge. Grab into my tunic and I hand him the journal. He says, he reaches out and takes it from you. Says, uh, listen, this is yours. I've got no intention of keeping it, but uh, I need to borrow it. I just need, I need, I've got a couple of hours until we're going to have that meeting. And I need to, I need to crunch some numbers and, and think about some shit that I hadn't thought about before. So uh, I'm going to go find a place where people will leave me alone. And uh, I'll meet you back out here before we talk to the governor. All right. What do you need from me? Just to meet out here? Yeah, I'll find you. Do you need Do you need any equipment before you take off? He uh, says, "Well, my staff was broken, but we'll we'll sort that out later. I'm not worried about it now." All right. I'll see you right. soon. And as he like walks by, there's like a barrel of apples, and he like reaches over and grabs one on his way into the to the tower to like through those doors that you've gone into several times now to go in and, and meet with the governor. Um, so you can continue working on the Damascus if you want to, Valmar. I think... Yes, uh, probably, I'm going to go back. I think probably about this time you do see Finn come back through the portcullis um, from whatever her errand was. Uh... But yeah, let's do it. Uh, so everything seems to be going pretty well. Um, you are fairly confident that your forge welds are holding. Your billet seems to be pretty solid. Uh, all that's left for you to inspect your work is you actually have to get the canister off of the billet. So the canister does not fuse to the ball bearings. 
okay? Uh, and this is going to be the part where we're going to need a couple of skill checks. So okay. you you throw the you throw the canister and the billet back into the forge. At this point, it just looks like a small, uh, like a small narrow, almost like a square tube of dull orange metal. You wait 10 minutes, 15 minutes until it seems to have come up to the appropriate temperature. Reach over and grab your chisel and find a seam along the canister that you made. Okay? So go ahead and give me um, a check with your smith's tools, and you can add your dexterity. So I believe with proficiency and dexterity, that's probably going to be plus six to the roll, if I'm not mistaken. It is. Given that this is um, with smith's tools, does that double my proficiency? It does, so that's going to be okay. plus eight to the roll. All right. That's going to be an 11 after all is said and done. Okay, after all is said and done. Uh, so you find the seam, and you start to sort of tap at it, and as you as you go, it the canister sort of doesn't want to split for you appropriately, uh, and your knowledge of how this works, it seems like there's kind of a sticking point, and rather than risking kind of blowing out one of the forge welds, you can just turn the canister and try another seam. Same thing. 27? 27. Yeah. So you find, you find, a, uh, you just rotate the tube that, well, it's, it's not a tube because it's square, but you rotate this billet and you try the next seam. And with just one, two, three quick strikes on the chisel. It travels the whole way down the seam and the two sides of the canister start to open. Uh, seems like your 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 forge weld looks good. Uh, make a perception check. 16? Um, yeah, looking at it, it's a really interesting pattern. This is the first time you've ever made... Um, this is the first time you've ever made Damascus with ball bearings. And you think about what it's going to look like as you fold it, pound it out, uh, continue to sort of do this. And, and um, you know the technique you're going to do. You're actually going to end up ultimately taking this billet, drawing it out, cutting it, stacking it on top of itself, and getting multiple layers of this pattern. And when you look at it, it's almost like there's these little um, raindrops on the metal, and that's the ball bearings where they've flattened and come together in a single piece of metal. Um, but the canister is coming away uh, just the way that it's supposed to. Just make one final check, and this time add your strength along with your proficiency, because you're just peeling it off. Twelve? It's it's sticking, but you got the temperature just right, and the welds are good. So you peel the canister away, and you're left with essentially the exact same shape Right, a long, square, almost tube, uh, with this interesting raindrop pattern, kind of all over it. As you look at it, around the edges of each sort of circle or raindrop, the uh, the the orange glow from the metal is like slightly brighter, because that's where the uh, the steel and the powdered steel are sort of mingling together. And that's where you can see your forge welds. It looks great. You just need to let it um, let it go through a uh, tempering process. It needs to cool, and you'll have to heat cycle it for a couple of hours before you're ready to start doing anything else with it. Does that require my constant attention? It's not 
constant attention. It's more like you are going to have to check back with it probably three or four times in those couple of hours. It's like close to the forge, further away from the forge. Close to the forge. It's almost like you're baking bread and you're trying not to burn the sides. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to do here? This billet looks good. It's not ready to. It's not ready to work with yet. It's going to take some some heat cycling, like I said. Yeah, I've got some of those books from Mir, from the cave, that I'd like to start rifling through a little bit while I wait. Uh, okay. Um. So, let's see. As you look through them, they actually appear to be largely books of. Um, of like poetry and prose they're in several different common languages common dwarvish there's even a book of elven poetry not about anything in particular just just different ballads um and then there's also a book uh that you i mean you you speak the languages you speak but you can identify some other languages at sight uh, there's one that you don't recognize. Make um, make a history check. Natural one. Well, uh, you know you've seen it before, but you can't place it. Um, and this is a... Um, it's, you know, you're struck by sort of like if you were trying to learn other languages, you'd probably start with finding the same same words or the same stories written in the different languages that you wanted to speak and you just teach yourself so these are all the same poem poems but just in different languages um, so you're telling me it's not exactly the same no um but a quick flip through you do see like several pages into the book of elven poetry and then several pages into the to the book of common poetry yeah you find like a couple of you find like a single you know well-known the lament of um the lament of Corallon or, or something and it's of just a well-known poem you know the 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 Faerun equivalent of uh not all that glitters is gold or something uh as you look at it you you see that but but the books are not the same books like it's just collections of poetry and prose as well. There's there's stories in there too. Can I make heads or tails out of why these would have been in the cave? Um as I said, you you as you look at this, you're struck by the realization that this seems like the pursuit of someone who's trying to learn different languages. Oops. Okay, so that is what what I think it was. Okay, I guess I'll I'll flip through um, some of the elven and some of the common, and see if I can match it up to whatever that that unknown language is. Um, sure, we can try to do that. Let's um, let's have you make an intelligence check, and then depending on the intelligence check, we'll do another history check and see if you figure it out. Okay, fourteen. Okay, so make your history check. <laughs> Nat one. Yeah, man, you just can't figure it out. You know for sure that that one book, you know for sure you've seen it before. Um, 
You just can't place it for some reason right now. I'll make a note to yeah. myself uh, <clears throat> in one of my scraps of paper that I need to bring it up to Leia and into the rest of the group. And then I'll just kind of sit and flip through the Alvin poetry. It's nice to see Alvin again. Yes, you find some uh, some old nursery rhymes that were really precious to you as a child. Sounds great. Yeah. So, Finn, you've made your way back in. You saw Leosin and Falmar talking at the forge. Falmar seemed to work on a small glowing orange bar for a couple of minutes, and he seems to have kind of just banked it in some coals near the forge, and he's flipping through some books. What are you doing at this point? Um, I think when I get back to the, the, the keep, I will realize that Roz is kind of not around anymore, and perhaps look for him. Okay. Um, just looking around in the courtyard right now, you, you don't see any sign of him. Uh, make a history check. Um, that's a 15. Your, your memory's usually pretty good for these sorts of things. You definitely remember the conversation with him. You remember seeing him wave to Pear as Pear made his way. He was the first of the, of the travelers to, um, he was the first, he was the first of the people you rescued to sort of depart and go his own way. You remember seeing Roz wave to him. You cannot remember seeing him since that moment. All right. Um, I guess um, I'm going to table it in my mind to like, for like after everybody wakes up and we get our information from Leison that maybe okay. me and somebody else can go look for him um, or see if anybody has seen him. Okay. Um, and I'll go to my pack and pull out the two stones that I got. Yep. And I want to spend some time with them and check them out, see what they are. Okay. Um, you've, you've, you know, spent enough time with magical items and you know what's involved in being able to deal with them. You know it's going to take you about an hour to try to attune to them. Um, and upon attuning, you realize you only need to carry one of them because they are, in fact, sending stones. Awesome. So after spending an hour in the courtyard of the keep with the stones, um, you you now know that you have in your possession two sending stones. Awesome. So everybody, if you want to, you can you can find that item on D and D Beyond. Essentially, it is a stone that enables you once a day to uh, to benefit from the effects of essentially the sending spell where you can you can talk into one stone and whomever's holding that stone will hear you and they can reply uh, you, you're limited to 25 words or less and you can do it once a day alright um, and I think that's all I'll do for right now okay um, let's see Guy Mir still sleeping Oz when we left you I don't remember what you were doing remind me I was really hoping you would remind me. He went back to the last thing Mir. I did, I think, was talk to Falmar. Was it after Falmar that I went and checked on Mir? I think so. Reading he a book. I want her to. You felt weird about being alone. He read his book for a bit. He went back to the room. You went back to the room and sort of tucked people in. 
and then Falmar got up, and that's when you talked to Falmar about gilding your acorn. Right. What are you doing now? Uh, it'd be really nice to take a short rest. Okay. So, because I don't know what I'm going to need to do, and I feel like my wild shapes are valuable to what the group is doing. So, well, that's easy enough. Um, and in fact, you do see Finn and Falmar are both hanging out in the courtyard of the keep. Uh, they seem to be kind of doing their own thing, but you could take a short rest within sight of them both. No problem. Okay. So, Reek, your great axe is beyond sharp at this point. How about you? What are you up to? Um, sitting in that same same spot, same corner. Um, pull out uh, an old leather journal with a pen and start sketching some ideas for a new tattoo. That's it. Okay. Okay. Well, as you guys all um, spend some time over the course of the next hour or so, maybe a little longer than that, Oz, you can you can have your short rest. Finn, you've attuned to the the sending stones, and Nears makes no difference to about that same time. Both Guy and Mir, you will both awaken in the room. Uh, Mir, I think you probably wake up first. Your head comfortably nestled in the crook between the armrest and the back of the chair you recognize one of Oz's blankets or part of his bedroll tucked in around you uh, it it immediately brings you comfort because when you wake up you, you, you smell him and uh, the blanket lets you know that he was taking care of you and, and he puts you in fact, you're still in the papoose. He just took it off and laid it in the chair. Um, guy, you're not used to sleeping on this comfortable couch, so you wake up and feel like a million bucks. What is this softness that I am feeling? <laughs> so what would you guys like to do as you come to consciousness here? Uh, it's about 7 o'clock or so. You first. I think Guy immediately notices that the room smells different than last time he was here. When we went to sleep, it was that kind of like zombie-like, so damn tired that he just crashed. Just you know, there was no rec he just was out the second he he hit the bed. Um, so now, upon waking, I think he immediately notices, um, just because I think. You know, it's kind of a weird wilderness thing. He's a he, he normally would um, be attuned to smells and things like that. He notices that the room smells different, and he kind of like sniffs around and then looks around. At, at this, are we all waking up at like the same moment? Is Mir awake right now? Immediately, it's, yeah. Well? It's, it's just you and Mir in that room. You guys are both kind of gradually coming to at the same time. Only the two of you are in the room. Uh, everyone else is out in the courtyard doing various different things. So he kind of he's uh, stretching uh, and he kind of looks uh, over towards Mir as his eyes are opening and he his nose in the air sniffs a little bit and goes no it's different. It smells different than last time we were here. Do you smell that too? I'm going to say no not particularly. I I'm, I'm thinking that's maybe a half-orc thing. Oh, okay. It, uh, maybe, I guess it just smells like Oz in here. 
<laughs> Maybe it's just a. Does this room always smell like one version of a fur bulb or another? Probably so. I'm guessing because <laughs> I don't know. So I'm gonna like start digging myself out of my little papoose, and I'll meticulously fold everything up because I'm kind of crazy like that. And then I'll throw it over my shoulder, and I'll be like, "I have some work I have to do. I'm sorry. We have to. I have to go down and like find a table because my hand is almost stuck together." Oh, okay. Guy gets up and uh, like stretches and like cracks his back because he stands up from the. You said it was a couch. Yep, yep. Sleeping on a couch. And his mirror—it's loud when he cracks his back. Yeah, it cracks in like twelve places. It's been—he's been trying to crack it for like five years, but sleeping on the ground for five years will do that to you. <laughs> you should look into a nice back brace. Seriously. Oh, what now? Like a back brace. So you put it on your like arm and it, you know, helps your posture so that it doesn't sound like you're breaking your spine whenever you wake up. Usually if I just rub against a tree, like, like rub my back against a tree a couple times, usually that does it. Hmm. Okay. And so I'm going to like sort of toddle around and find where all my stuff is because uh, I'll have to make sure I have everything. And then I'll leave the room like, with a little wave to him. Are you coming? Yeah, yeah, I'm coming with you. I think I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go find Reek. I need to see what he's doing. I need to see what he's up to. So I'm going to follow her out of the room, collect my stuff really quick, and then I'm going to go in search of the Reek. I will kind of follow you because I I don't want to be by myself necessarily, but I'll just, but I, I need to not be in that small space, like... I don't know. I needed to be like where I can work with my stuff. Yeah, Mir, I mean, it's not it's not difficult for you to go back to the last place where you did this maintenance, but that would be up on the second floor. I don't know if you're trying to find a private place, but Nah, uh, I'm just gonna kind of like go into a corner where everybody else is and sort of okay. just turn around. Okay. So yeah, you tag along with Guy for a little bit. Guy, go ahead. But yeah, before we end up going our separate ways while we're still together, I yawn a couple times and then I I take my water skin filled with ale and I uncork it. I take a quick swig of it and then I look at Mir and I just... <laughs> it's a little early for this, don't you think? Oh. Isn't it like isn't it like the late afternoon? It's, it is, but I just woke up. So. Okay, fine. <laughs> the Breakfast of Half-Orc Champions. Um... So as you guys make your way out of the the main meeting room and back out into the courtyard, forgive me, Reek, I'm not exactly sure where you positioned yourself. I would be just north to the... I'll move it. Sorry. Okay. Ish there. Like, kind of tucked in the corner. Yeah. So, Guy, you come out and you have to kind of look around, but you do find Reek. He's... Uh, his great axe and great sword are each like flanking him, leaned up against the wall, and he seems to be writing in a notebook. Huh. <clears throat> Does he see me coming, or is he too con- too concentrated on that? Reek, mm-hmm. do you see me coming? Do yeah, I see Reek, him coming? Do see me? DM, well, do I see him coming? Like it seems like <laughs> I don't know, Reek. Do you see him coming? <laughs> Rick, it seems like it seems like you're probably pretty insor- absorbed in what you're doing. So, make a perception check with disadvantage. 16. Uh so if you want to, 
you definitely can do one of those things where as he approaches, you can like speak to him, even though you haven't looked up. I don't know if you want to be cool like that or not. Like looking down, I'm going to slap the book closed and like put it off to the side, look up at him, stand up, grab my water skin. That's really an ale skin. And uh, like gesture towards him. I walk up to him and I'll say, what's going on, brother? Uh, Are you writing? Were you were you writing in something there? A dabble. <laughs> I would uh drawing. Trying to. Oh, okay. I was worried it was writing. You know, Falmar thinks you can't you can't write. So don't let him see you doing that. You're gonna blow his mind if he sees that. I'll smile at him. I don't really uh I don't really care. <laughs> So, hey, we, um, I'm feeling a lot better. We should, we should have a chat about going back and getting earnest. I know that's probably on your mind. Yeah, I, uh, I would have rather us leave from the camp, if I can be honest. Could have slept at the bivouac, made our way, but I understand. There's stuff to do. Sure, sure. I think we had to get those people here. You know, that was kind of, I think, I get it. But I think that was important. We went all that way. We had to see them safe. This is this is what I'm frustrated by. We spent more time talking about getting a prisoner back to Greenest. That's what I'm a little upset about. We spent more time trying to figure out how to get a cultist back to Greenest than we did about talking about how to go back and save somebody. <clears throat> hey, man. I was on your side with that one, with the cultist thing. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that was worth our time, but I'm learning that when something is important to someone, you're supposed to give it time and let them develop that. And it was that seemed to be important to Falmar. So, I, you know, I'm with you, but it it was important to Falmar to have that conversation, and uh, I'm, I'm slowly figuring out that that's kind of something you got to do so i'm with you though you know it's 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 interesting i've never seen you care so much about the feelings and thoughts of others i think it's because i never had people around that gave a crap about my thoughts and feelings it's it's different well i appreciate what you said um back at the camp so good toast i'll toast and take a drink and hand them whatever i've left cool i take a sip hand it back to him all right so let's get moving on this every minute that we waste is a minute he could be closer to death let's make it happen let's do it uh and i'm gonna grab my great axe and and lean over to him and show him it and and orcish say uh the elf thinks he can he can sharpen an axe and then i'm gonna put it on my back I look at it like glistening in the late afternoon sun. And I, in Orcish, say, holy shit, I don't think I've ever seen a blade that sharp before. Again, don't let Falmar know you can do that. He's going to feel really bad. Let's go. All right, let's do it. So do remember, 
that the sidearm that you have that Falmar gave you will crit on a 19. Just I appreciate the the scene, but do remember that. Please remember that, okay? Does guy I don't I don't think guy is, but I don't think guy has seen that sidearm, right? Guy has not seen it. So guy doesn't guy doesn't know. Nope. I'm just I'm just I'm just reminding uh Nathan. I'm just reminding Nathan, okay? So, um as you guys get up and uh, and and have your little bromance moment. Um, you see Finn. She you look across and you see her, and she kind of like look. She kind of looks up. She she kind of gasps a little, and like smiles. And she's got the the two like stones in her hands. As you look across the keep, um, see the this reaction. She's I mean she's a big person. She she can't really. You, you see her. Um, do. Do I see Reek and Guy across the way? Um, as I'm attuned to these, you're you're aware of them. You're aware that everybody except well, Mir's out there too. You're aware that everybody's out there. Um, it's pretty quiet. It's pretty much just you guys. All right. Um, I'll go to Reek and pull out both stones and hand him one. This. Is a sending stone. I, I know what it is. It's one of those rocks oh. that you you walk up to a pond and you you frisbee it so it skips. No, no, please don't do that. <laughs> please, don't. no. Um, what these are is they're sending stones, not skipping stones, and we can talk into them. And the person that has the other stone can hear what we're saying but we can only do it once a day I why think. are you why are you giving it to me because you were the best choice thank you and that's for earlier <laughs> you're welcome I'll uh, I'll just kind of walk away um about this time Falmar you're you're very close to being done with the thermal cycling on this billet and you see Leosin. He comes down the stairs. He kind of reaches over and flips his hair. He's he's got a very he's not emo, but he does have like a long, it's weird like long bob kind of. Um, and he he looks around. He finds you. He looks tired, man. He looks almost haggardly. Um, but he he spots you. And he walks over. And he just kind of walks and. And you see him, he just walks up and kind of starts to lean over and put a hand on a barrel and then just heavily sits down next to you and holds out the journal and he says, Fuck, mate. We need to talk to this governor and figure out what the hell we're doing and I need to find a place to sleep. Well, there's a spot in the keep, but I know there's an inn around here somewhere. To the DM is my little chunk of metal ready or do I still need to tend to it? You probably need to cycle it one more time before it's done. Okay. So if you someone tell him uh yeah I wanna tell him Leison I- I'm almost done with the project that I'm working on. I need to finish this before we move on. It's it's for something down the line for Mir, that little one. I need to get it done. Look, I have this book, and I know you're going to fill me in in a few minutes, but I have this book. 
These were all found in the cave. It was a side cave. I don't know if you knew that there was an, a second, smaller cave off in that camp. Um, I guess there was... There were some things that Mir gave me. That's where they found the porcelain box. I can't recognize this language. And I hand him that book. Do you know what this is? He says, the cave down by the kobolds. Is that what you're yes, talking about? Yes, by the kobolds. Yeah, I saw them when they, when they came and took the dwarves that way. Uh, sure, give it to me. And he he takes a look at it, and he says, oh, It's in Draconic, mate. I can't read that shit. Yeah, neither can I. Um, a guy can, but it looks like somebody was trying to, to learn this. I suppose it makes sense, given it was a cult of the dragon. Hey, what'd look. You what, what'd, what'd you see in that cave, anyway? I didn't go down. Um, remember, that was, that was where we dropped the rope. I wanted to make sure you were safe, but... We need to talk to the others. I think everybody was in that cave except for you, me, and Oz, that, um, that Furbolg shape changer. About this point, through the portcullis, you see the, uh, the burly, unkempt, um, bright red hair and beard of Escobar coming back into the keep. When last you saw him, he was he was walking away with the two dwarven twins. He comes back inside and he says, "Well, are you lot about ready to um, to tell us what you found and figure out what you're gonna do next?" Soon enough. Jim, how long do I need for that piece of metal? Uh, probably another half an hour total. Like you just need to put it close to the forge and then move it away from. It. Is there somebody else in the forge who can do that for me? Um, not right at this minute. But, I mean, you can put it next to the forge. As long as you come back in half an hour, it should be fine. Then that's what I'd like to do. Okay. So what do you guys want to do? Am I, can I see everybody, like, talking and saying all this? Um, you are aware that everyone's been having conversations. Courtyard, yeah. I mean, do, do they look like do, do they look like they're getting up to leave or move elsewhere? I don't know. What are you guys doing? Yeah, I'll walk towards um, Escobar. Is Leison back, or is he still off? He was he was sitting with Falmar. They had a, okay. a whole conversation there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Um, I'll walk towards Red as well. Okay. Yep. Guy is going and Freak is going. I barely have any time done on my hand, and I see everyone else packing stuff up, and I don't want to be a burden, so I just sort of put stuff in a hanky okay. and pick it up and uh, go over and stand by Finn. Okay. Oh, this is a, a quick uh, technical question. Uh, can we go ahead and take our effects of the long rest? Uh, yes. So Guy... And Mir, if you have not already, you you have definitely gotten the benefit of a long rest at this point. Thank you. Escobar, where are we going? Well, I'll fetch Tarball. I'm sure he's up in his study somewhere. Um, to be completely honest with you, I'm not entirely sure what he thinks he's going to gain from hearing whatever this monk has to say. But... He's the boss, you know what I mean? And he slaps you on the back and kind of chuckles. 
It's good to see you back in one piece. You expect any different? Ah! We'll get out an extra cake. And he just heads inside. Said he's going to go find Tarball. What do you guys want to do? Hopefully let's move someplace so I can get this work done. Okay. Are we all um, kind of getting together at this point? Are we all kind of yeah, still spread I think out? So. That's kind of what it that's kind of what it seemed like to me that you guys were all kind of gathering around Red. I mean, I thought we were going to talk to Governor Nighthill with everybody and Layson tell us what he knows. Yeah, so the group makes their way into the entry hall. Once you pass up the stairs and into the door, um, you see Escobar heading out the heading through the door to the back of the hall towards where you know the stairs to be. He said he was going to go find the governor. All of you are now in the room together. Mir, there's no shortage of tables and places where you could sit down and finish doing what you're doing. Okay, uh, but, I'm doing so that. You're, you're all there. Leosin is there. Um, what would you like to do? Seems like you have maybe just a moment before Escobar and the governor come back if there's anything you guys want to talk about in private. Um... Just so you guys know, I'm going to hold up the Sending Stone. We have these Sending Stones now. They're not for skipping on lakes or rivers or anything like that. I heard, I heard something about a Frisbee. Do you guys know what that is? I've never heard of it before. Um, no, I don't know what that is. But I know that that is not what these are. Um, these I mean, I, are... I heard a dog named Furby, but... So anyway, we've got two these are a way of communicating when you're not together. So I have one, Enrique has one, but obviously we can pass them around as needed. So has anybody ever experienced um, the magic called message? No. When you say we can communicate when we're not together, what the hell does that mean? All right, I am gonna have Reek hold up your sending stone. Yes, hold ma'am. Hold it up. Yes, ma'am. I'm gonna walk outside of the room, okay? And I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk like outside of the keep. Hey, motherfuckers, can you hear me? I'm outside the keep. Reek immediately throws the sending stone up in the air, <laughs> like freaked out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy freaks out and drops his ale skin on the ground, and ale goes everywhere. <laughs> okay, okay, so yes, yes, that is what happens. Shakes her head like, oh Jesus. That is that is what happens because Reek, as you throw it up in the air, guy, you kind of reach out and catch it, and you hear the second half of her message. Um, you do have to be touching the stone to hear the message, so. Reek heard the first part and Guy heard the second part. Okay. Uh, okay. To, so to be, this is a this is a DM question. To be clear on the effects of it, is it only the person holding the stone that can hear the message at the moment? It doesn't broadcast a message. I believe so. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Finn. Let me look. Um. Uh, the sending spell says you the creature hears the message in its mind. Right. So it That's sounds so like only the bearer of the stone. Yeah, it's a it's an internal message. It's not broadcast out. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So Oz is just staring really confused as to why yep. we're throwing things. Yep. Well, I know what, what she's talking about. 
just based uh, on my upbringing. I make a history check just to make sure. Thirteen. I think so. I, I mean, I think you've heard of such a thing. You're aware that magic is real, and I definitely think you've heard of such a thing, whether you've seen it or not. Um, so yeah, so so you know what's up, Oz. You, I think you you may not know what's going on exactly. I don't think you would. I've seen it before. Okay. So I'd be like, okay, I know what's going on. But I'm also I'm also like eighty percent done with my hand. So Finn is gonna wait for an answer. Does an answer come? This guy holding it now. Um yes. You dropped your AL scan, yes. Guy he's holding it and he just goes What? What? What is this? That's a stone. Guy looks at Oz and he goes, You Yeah, but you didn't hear that. I heard you say it's what is this? Fair enough. Mir just shakes her head, like, oh my god. Alright, Finn, so you heard you heard Guy's reaction. Alright. I'm gonna walk back in the keep and walk back in the room with everybody and say You heard me? I heard you. So as as Finn this is coming back in, is ascending stone guy. This is what this is called. <laughs> as as uh, Finn comes back in the room, Escobar and Towerball come back into the room as well, um, and you see them just kind of they walk into the middle of Finn, like explaining to Guy what's going on with her hands, you know. Um, and you look over, and Leosin actually kind of has his arms crossed and a hand over his mouth, and he's just kind of chuckling. It's not a face palm, but he's he's chuckling a little. Um, Tarbaugh steps into the center of the room, and he just looks at all of you and says, uh, "Well, I'm I'm very glad to see that you've all returned." He looks over at Leosin. You look familiar, but I regret that we. We're never able to have a, our meeting. I hope that you can shed some light on some of them. Leosin looks across and he says, I can, Governor. Um, if everyone's ready to just kind of tuck in and let me explain a few things, I think I can probably answer a few questions, shed a little light on the subject. Mir finishes up with her hands so she can pay attention. It's, it's okay. done now. So... Leosin kind of like walks to the to the middle of the room and he's he's in front of everybody like you get the sense that you get the sense that he has given some debriefs right he knows how to share information um you watch all of you kind of see as he sort of sorts his thoughts he looks across the room at Falmar he catches your eyes Falmar Mir he catches yours as well holds your eyes for a moment he says, first of all, uh, just let me talk about why I reacted the way I did to that they written on that page. Um, have any of you ever heard of, uh, of they? Everybody can make a history check. Thalmor rolls a five. Ten for Fen. Fourteen for us. Eight for Mir. Guy rolls a four. Reek rolls a natural one for a combined score of two. Yeah, half orcs. So, 
Leosin looks around the room and you see him not like deflate, but just kind of like understanding dawns on him as he sort of realizes where he has to start from with this conversation. He says, all right, look, uh, kingdom way in the east, right? Far from the Sword Coast. You'll probably never see anyone from there or go there. Um, pretty crazy place. It's a majocracy, uh, meaning that um, they've got a ruling class of like wizards and like magic users, and they they run the place. Um, they're super racist against anybody but humans, and um, I don't know. I mean, look, I I know what I've been briefed on and what I've seen. I don't know that much about magic. Um, but apparently in Thay, they can focus on certain types of magics at the expense of others. So basically, they're really good at whatever it is that they do. So like, different people focus on different things and um, and, and, and they make it work. Um, kind of balance each other out. Strengths covering other weaknesses. But here's a really crazy bit, and it's why I reacted the way that I did. Um, you know, there's lots of um, cultures out there that still have slaves, right? They they have entire economies built on it. Um, yeah, they, they've got slaves. Uh, they've got an entire slave population in Thay. And um, by and large, that population... Is zombies. He just watches as that sort of sinks in with all of you. Yeah, yeah I know. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, I don't follow. Um, sure, fair enough. Um, have you ever seen the dead get up and walk around, mate? Um, no, but that's fucked up. I'm glad we're on the same page. He kind of smiles at you. Look, I don't say this to, um, to scare you or to freak you out. Like, Thay is a long way away, and um, up until this point, this is the first reason I've had to believe that Thay might be involved in this at all. Um, have ha, have any of you seen anything else that fits any any of this that I'm describing? They, their ruling class, they're called the Red Wizards. The Red Wizards of Thay. Have any have any of you seen anything else about Thay? And everybody can make a history roll if you want. God, I hope Gaia gets a natural 20 because I think he knows nothing about this. Mirabel's a 15. Nope. Gaia gets a natural one. Falmar rolls a 14. Okay. Oz got a 21. Reek, um, 20 total. And Finn, what did you get? Uh, I got eight. So, um, Mir, as you sit across the room, putting your tools away and tightening the buckles on your hand, you suddenly remember as you stood on top of the horseshoe looking out across the camp when Leosin was lashed to the X-shaped crossbar, the black figure that came out of the large tent on the northeastern end of the camp was accompanied by a figure wearing a bright crimson robe. The head was shaved. That's what you remember. I'm going to 
turn to Leison and say that exactly what you just said. I saw a man, shaven head, red robes, outside of where you were imprisoned. You see him sort of think back. He says, you have no memory of what was going on around me when I was on that. Understandably. The last thing I remember was, was being taken away, and then the next thing I remember was uh, your your lovely self up there next to me. I'm going to blush a little. I can't thank you enough for that, but um, listen, I um, I don't like this one bit. I don't like Neither it at all. Um, so, look, the point is, when you're as good at magic as the Red Wizards, I think you can kind of just make shit up. Any of you see where I'm going with this? I'm going to think back to um, Boz. Even though I don't know her name, I'm Lumpy. The I'm going to think back to her, and I'm going to say, "Yeah, I think I, I think maybe I understand what you're talking about." I don't know the extent that Thay is involved, and I'm going to talk a little about what we, the Harpers, know about the the cult of the dragon. I've got my suspicions, but I'll fill you in, and uh, we'll see if we arrive at the same place. I don't want to taint your judgment. I'd be really interested to get your opinion when we're done. So a long conversation happens here. I mean, the governor uh, jumps in sometimes. Escobar jumps in sometimes. But the highlights of the the conversation, Leosin, he fills you in on what he knows about the cult and the history with the Harpers. The founder of this cult was a powerful mage long ago. His name was Samister. Samister, at one point in time, was... Um, he was famous for being one of the chosen of Mistra. Is Samister the cult you're talking about? Are you talking about the Harpers? Or are you talking about the... The Thay? The Thay. Nope. So Samister founded the Cult of the Dragon. Okay, 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 okay. Thank you. Samister founded the Cult of the Dragon. And uh, Leosin's point is that Samister was not from Thay. Samister was a powerful wizard all on his own. And the Harpers long ago were responsible for this great battle uh, that, that ultimately resulted in the demise of Samister. They took him down. And... He, he also tells you that essentially Samister discovered what is now uh, a rather famous prophecy about dead dragons. Um, the prophecy, uh, he, he doesn't know it word for word. He's not that educated. But he knows that it's been translated in several different ways. Samister translated it to believe that the future of the world rested with the Draco Liches, which we've talked about already, sort of over the table here and there and occasionally in character. Um, he says at one point in time he had this book. Uh, he wrote it, real original, The Tome of the Dragon, and that's what the entire like basis of the cult was founded on. Um, it became more and more popular, and uh, lots of different copies of it were made. 
his original like none of us could fucking touch it you know it would just like kill us or whatever but uh these others they were mundane um yes guy <clears throat> this is an over the table talk for dm doesn't guy have tome of the dragon a copy of it that we found a long time ago so guy has guy has a tome about dragons that he has never even asked me what it is titled okay Unless I'm wrong, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I just I don't think <laughs> I don't think you've interacted with it at all. But yes, guy does have a part. Uh, yeah, the, the thing I have. Tome. Yeah, the thing I have is Tome of Dragon Lore. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but we've never talked about specifically what it's called, right, or anything like that. So, uh, but so guy, I, I mean, as he's saying this, you certainly know that you do have a big fat book of dragon stuff. Um, and he says, so, like, it's been disseminated, and the the cult, I mean, they pop up in different places at different times. Um, none of them are ever, like, super serious, though. I mean, come on, let's be real here. Like, you gotta be kind of powerful to, like, animate the dead, especially if you're trying to, like, make a dragon come back. Like, most people, they're just looking for something to talk about and do because they get bored and tired of, like, you know, chasing tail or whatever. But um, the cult of the dragon is a real thing, and and we know that it is a real thing. But uh, this new lot, the reason why they scare me is because Severin, their new leader, the leader of these scions that Falmas told you guys about, he believes that Samister translated that prophecy wrong now that's why i've got to head to candle keep because the original prophecy is 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 hidden there somewhere uh, i'm gonna have to uh figure out a way to get eyes on it if i can and um what i can tell you is they worship tiamat i think we all kind of know who that's supposed to be you know best i can tell They've got five distinct sects, and each one kind of glorifies a different head on Tiamat or like a different color dragon or some some craziness. Um, so far, I've met with or encountered in my travels all but the green one. I don't know what they're all about yet. I've met the Cobalt Claw. I've met the uh, I've met the Crimson Hand. Right, I've met. Um, I, I saw at least one fella back at the camp that was like clearly doing stuff with the uh, the white dragon iconography, and uh, you guys probably saw the crazy uh, black half dragon that was there. Yeah, so yeah. definitely ran into some of the blacks too. Um, anyway, they. One of the things I remember hearing before they like hung me up on. Um, hung me up on the uh, the crossbar. I remember hearing them start this this weird like segmented chant or oath or something. Um, I don't know. Um, I remember parts of it though. I've got a good mind for this stuff. Um, the blue ones they would they would say, I'll create for her the changing sea of chaos all of matter to be born and then reborn anew and you watch him and his eyes kind of like glaze over like 
he's somewhere else right now. Okay? And he says, and then the red, there was one, one fellow in the camp, he, he wore a red mask. He had a shield on his back, a short sword. And he stepped forward and said, and I will hold for her a strength born of battle and a horde born of victory. And then that, that, that big fellow with the shaved head and the white pants, he, he walked up and, and he said, and I will keep for her a nest of bone collected of those ravaged by my hand. And then that, that hooded figure that, that went back down to the, to the kobold cave, like the lumpy one, he spoke and I, I couldn't understand. And then finally, Resmir herself came forward and, and, and said, And I will bear witness for her, the mightiest of all beings, and worship as her terrible perfection demand. She had this crazy black mask that she wore. And the last thing that I have to share that I don't think you, you lot know yet is apparently the top rank in the cult they're called worm speakers Falmar, i don't know if i got that in the journal i don't know if you'd seen that yet i'm pretty sure i had so there's only five there's only five speakers because there's only five science there's only five heads on the dragon best i can tell resmir is the speaker for the black science the black sect so, Lanson, what happens if one of the Scions is killed? Well, I can imagine that they wouldn't appreciate it very much. Um, the lumpy one is dead. Sure. Um, I'm fairly certain that uh, they would not have had two worm speakers in one place. I think the only worm speaker that's present at that camp is Resmir. Uh, I'm not okay. sure who or what that lumpy thing was, but guy speaks of Boz. It was called Boz. Boz. It was five-headed kobold. Five heads. Five. He five wh Sorry. Can you? Uh, what? Can you catch yeah, me up on that a bit? More than four, less than six. Five heads. It was a kobold. Looked really weird, though. Leosin. Leosin is quick to to smirk at what you said. Um, he said, thanks. I, I get a little confused when I have to use more than one hand. So, um, no, I get it. But like, <laughs> I never, I never saw this creature. Did you, did you see this creature? I mean, obviously you did. Killed it. Killed it, actually. He looks at Falmar and says, and this, this is where you got the, uh, this is where you got the box. It is. I got it off a table. And he looks back at you, Mir, and he says, Oh, you found the box. I did. And some books. And some toys. Uh, kind of creepy. But yeah, toys. Well, there were kids there. They had those dwarven kids. That paper said, Fay Mother. Was the, uh... What else can you tell me about this five-headed thing? I only saw it for a moment, but... I only killed the thing. Maybe Reek knows more. Did anybody get up close? Did anybody get a good look? I can tell you. It was pretty freaky. But it was almost like um it's almost like it was uh constructed. It was like a I don't know. 
like bad makeup. And I'll tell you this too, that thing spit a nasty green spew. Bad. Was was it green? Did you see what color it was? Uh, DM, did I see what color it was? I think, I think it was probably pretty tough to tell in the chaos. Yeah, I just said that. Uh, I don't mean to be meta, but I remember you saying, I'm pretty sure you said, um, like, acid damage, or you said something that made me yep. scratch my head. Yeah. Yep. You took acid damage for sure. Yep. Um, he says, it doesn't matter. Look, you say it seemed like it was some sort of construct. I know that the, uh, the kobolds, they, um, they're all about, like, making weird shit and uh, they even sort of almost worship like mutants and stuff it's weird I probably spent the most time with them over the last few months but um, I don't know I, I don't even know the uh, the the black scion and the white scion I don't know what they call themselves I've just seen a few of them around Reek did you did you interact with it at all did you like, I don't know. I came in and guy was chopping its head off. Yeah, I started with the chopping of the heads. Is that what you're Did asking? you say anything to it? Did you say anything to it? Did it say anything to you? Did it attack you? What happened? How did it happen? Well, I went in and I don't know. I really thought I was pretty toast. And uh, it asked me to come pray, like, at this altar. It didn't attack you straight away. It just no. It asked you to come pray. Yeah, so we went in front of this this altar. There was blood on the ground. There's candles all over it. There's two guards around it. Yeah, it was really bizarre. Does that mean anything to you, Layson? Well, maybe. And he sort of racks his brain. I mean, cultists would would pray, I guess. Uh, Maybe this creature was under the impression that it was going to be a full-fledged member of this cult or something. Um, all I know is that they hid it away. I, I remember seeing this lumpy hooded figure at times, but it wasn't, shall we say, like a big player in camp. I mean, I was with them for a couple of ten days, realistically, uh, before they found me. Did they ever call you child? I don't know, it felt really weird. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like, it was almost like they weren't necessarily addressing your age. It was like, I mean, I assumed, you know, quickly I learned to like hold up the hand. That's like the thing, you know, five heads, I guess. I don't know. Some of them would go like this. I don't know why, but uh, that was another thing that I saw sometimes. And uh, put, put two fingers down. I don't know. That's not five. That's three now. Yeah. So, I, I've no idea why they would do that, but um, I think they were calling me child. Like my, my faith was young. I don't know. But look, I'm gonna tell you what I'm thinking, and you tell me if you think I'm crazy because I've had bad ideas before, right? I didn't know that Faye was involved. Um. And at this point, we still don't really know how involved. But I don't like it. Uh, I don't like thinking that these these people 
who want to worship Tiamat would get involved with powerful wizards. Maybe they want those powerful wizards to build a dragon. Not, not build. Not build, love. I'm not worried about them building a dragon. You can't build Tiamat. Tiamat's a god. Mm. Build a body? As far as we know, she's imprisoned. And I'm afraid they may have stumbled onto some ritual or perhaps there's some powerful wizard in Fae that just may think he knows how to summon her to our world. I don't want to think about what that might mean. Reek's going to stand up uh, from sitting in that chair. Look, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I thought we were going to talk about getting Ernest out of that camp, and now we're talking about dragons. We're talking about they. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what this has to do with us. I understand. Um, well, I took you for. Um, a man of action and I greatly appreciate you bringing me out of that place and delivering me and every breath I take I owe you and some some portion of that to you and your courage friend um, and the good people of Greenest they they owe you for bringing their, their families back to them and uh, I commend you for your willingness to go back for one more. But that'll all be for naught. Signs of the Queen managed to succeed whatever they're planning. Guy steps forward kind of between Reek and and um <clears throat> and Leison. And he says, Okay, okay. Look, we have to go back and get Ernest, but Falmar and Mir and I saw Ernest being taken into the other cave where we didn't go. So at the very least, Ernest is the only person who, which we conveniently didn't get, who would have information and knowledge that no one else here would have. So, this is killing two birds with one stone. We go get Ernest because we have to get him and he has information that might help us with stuff relating to what Leison is referring to right now, whether it be the Thay or the Red Wizards or otherwise. Le- Leison is nodding along with you. He says, absolutely. And I I would cherish whatever information he might provide. But um, I was under the impression that your return to the camp was a foregone conclusion. And he kind of glances over at you, Falmar. Now, if your motivation is to get earnest, great. Bring him home, hopefully in one piece and hopefully still breathing. But I need you, if you would, to take a look around and see if those dragon eggs are still intact. I've no idea what they're doing with them. I just know that they chose that location specifically because that cave has a number of geothermal properties. Some chambers are cold. Some chambers are hot. It's the ideal place to hatch dragon eggs. Resmir set the camp up some time ago. They've been there for at least three months now. And um, if you would be so kind as to just check it out, um, if you're not invested in, you know, I don't know, saving the world, then 
I can compensate you for your time, if that's the way that you prefer to do this. S saving the world? I mean, I really don't think I understand what you're saying. Like... That's what we're talking about here, mate. I mean, I don't have time to bring you completely up to speed. Mia's going to stand up, and she's going to walk over to where Reek is and be like, Reek, I think that we can do both things. And I understand that it's a lot to wrap around right now, but let's just go and get it done and we'll go from there just like we like we have been doing. I, I know that it's confusing right now. Save the world, but... Reek's gonna plop down and go, fucking dragons? Fucking dragons, man. Let's just go. I'm gonna, I'm, Guy looks towards Reek and says, hey, look, look, it seems like our motivations change by the hour sometimes, depending on who wants what from us. It's not unusual for things to change for us, depending on who wants something. We're still going to get earnest, but if we're going to be there, if we're going <laughs> to... Sorry, I don't know if you heard my cat. Oh yeah, if we're, if we're gonna be there, uh, I think it's okay for us to check this out too. And he's rifling around in his bag as he's saying this, and he goes, "Aha!" He pulls out a book, and then he looks at Laosin, and he says, "I thought I had something about." Then he reaches out and he hands the book to Laosin, and he says, "Tome of Dragon Lore," and then he hands it to Laosin. Laosin takes the book from you. And he does open it and start to flip through it. And he looks up and he says, where did you find this? Jeff, do, do you ever play the Sunless Citadel campaign in Dungeons and Dragons? Uh... Uh, anyway, we, uh, we found it, what was this, a, couple, a week ago now? Something like that in, in, in real time? Uh, we were uh, below the earth and um we found this um in a room with a bunch of other books he looks at you and he says first of all it would be fucking impossible for any dm to tie in a module like the sunless citadel to uh <laughs> to, to a, a giant campaign like like tyranny of dragons but that would be a stretch i think he just did and that's where we're going to take our break. <laughs> that is amazing. Yes. I swear, you guys. Oh, my God. I'm really sorry about my cat meowing, by the way. Leave it it was awesome. I'm not. It needs to stay in there forever. Everyone needs to hear Ives' point of view. <laughs> <laughs>